Well, hello, EKN Nation, and welcome to a new edition of the EKN Debrief. It's episode number 16, Thursday, February the 13th, and the uh, the focus today on the debrief and our, our essentially what is our race report podcast, the final two rounds, rounds three and four of the Supercarts USA Winter Series at AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex, presented by MG Tires. That event just a week ago crowning the 2020 champions of the Supercarts USA Winter Series. My name's Rob Howden. David Cole will join me and uh, to provide some insight as well. Let's have a look, though, at the presenting sponsor of today's uh, broadcast, today's uh, podcast, MG Tires USA. No matter your compound preference, MG Tires USA has you covered. MG Tires are the official spec tire in the United States Pro Kart Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, Sunshine State Karting Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. Whether it's the medium SH Red, the soft SM Yellow, the super soft green SS, or the intermediate white IZ, MG Tires USA has your winning set of rubber in stock. MG Tires for the drivers. All right, David Cole, we'll bring you in. You're going to kind of help quarterback this, I guess, because I'll do most of the heavy lifting as I was trackside. Uh, you'll be with us at the next event coming up this coming or this next weekend, not the one coming, but the following. Round three and four of the Supercarts USA Winter Series, David, the uh, third edition of this program. We ran it in the uh, the clockwise direction this time, and I'll tell you, the input from most of the drivers was it is more technical. Uh, you take a pounding because you're beating the curbs pretty aggressively, but it's it's more technical, and it's easier to make a mistake where you lose time on this particular track. Pounding a curb is an understatement, um, especially at Homestead. I mean, either direction the uh, the drivers tend to uh, abuse them over and over again but again when you go in the opposite direction it's different uh, areas of the track that you're hitting the curb so actually those that are probably not used as much as what they are uh typically throughout the season because mostly uh the direction is in the counterclockwise direction yeah. for the facility so um yeah and again engine on the right hand side and you're going through all right hand corners so it it kind of adds to that G-force movement, uh, so it's a little bit more abrasive on the uh, the torso of the body. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, it just it's a different element going one direction to as opposed to the other. Even though it, you know on paper the track looks really simple, <laughs> yeah. but uh, again, until you get out there, you don't know. Well, I think one of the interesting things about it was we did not see the big draft packs like we did. Uh, back in January, and I think the weight when you run the track in the uh, in the counterclockwise direction, the draft packs I think set up a little easier. The, the 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 first run up to the first hairpin, you know, what is essentially turns four and then turn five, the back to back hairpins. Bigger runs up to those, you're allowed to get the, way more draft. Coming the other direction, a little more technical. We saw a lot. We saw guys break away, like literally, even in the, even Jed Perkins in the Briggs race, the uh, the Margie Ignite race was able to pull away by himself, which you don't normally see. Uh, especially when you're going in the other direction, but a challenging racetrack, regardless, either way, uh, a lot of a lot of high speed, ninety degree corners. That's one of the kind of trademarks of, of the track down there. A couple of hairpins as well. The six primary passing opportunities, I think, in this particular configuration. Of course, you come down the straightaway, get a good run out of the final couple of corners. So turn one, we saw passes in one. Out of that corner, the big run all the way down the straightaway. So lots of passes in two. Not so much in three, where you come out of turn two, not a lot of over-unders there, but when you come back and go into the inner loop, the right-hand turn number four, we saw a lot of guys going deep in there. Uh, And then turn seven and eight, which going in the other direction is turns five and six. Seven and eight is coming out of the inner loop. 
It's a little right kind of almost, it's a 90, but it's more of a kink because you're able to run to the apex of turn eight, the hairpin. Saw a lot of guys diving to the inside of eight and some race winning moves there as well. And then, of course, all the way down to turn number nine, a hairpin, and all the way back to turn uh, number 10. We saw passes on the inside of 10 as well. And then at the line, David, because the cool factor was with the, the, you know, the, the, rubber, the rumble strips on the outside of turn 11 and 12, if a guy blocks to the inside of turn 10, he's not going to get a good run out of 10 over to 11. We saw a lot of side-by-side racing and uh, you know, within a half a tenth of a second at the line for race wins. Well, if I recall, it's a longer stretch to the uh, finish line from going that direction where the opposite way, it was a quick, you know, you boom, you're right there. That's where we saw a lot of the over-unders. I think we saw with Norberg and, uh, and Patrick Woodstoff, uh, with the over-under there, or it really the hold on to the outside <laughs> maneuver, uh, where it works because the finish line is boom right there to where this is, this is more of like that Newcastle feel where, if you get a good run out of the last couple of corners, you can get that draft and and maybe inch by uh, at the line. Well, David, you hit the nail on the head perfectly there. And I had mentioned on the broadcast, because it's so far out of turn number 12, the start-finish line, it's all the way down. Like it's, it's almost down into turn number one. We've talked about this before. If you come to a 90-degree corner and you're on the inside for a driver on the outside, on the inside, you're slowing up earlier to get through the corner. So you, know, you don't have the same exit speed. The guy on the outside... It's a better run. He carries more ex- more speed into the corner. It takes a certain run down the straightaway for the guy further back who's got more sp- speed, more you know, to be able to in- inch by. And that's where it works with the straightaway longer down. If they had the straightaway, you know, a hundred yards up closer to turn twelve, we wouldn't have saw that. Guys would have come through there. They would have blocked like crazy and come through cleanly. Having that longer run out of the final corner, like you've mentioned before, at uh, for Newcastle, allows guys to do that over under. And those with a better speed coming out of the corner are going to get to the line first. Well, the one positive on the weekend was is you didn't have to really deal with uh, rain coming after after no. Friday. That is, yeah, it's we we got in late Thursday night, and I woke up early. I think you know, five thirty six o'clock on on uh, on Friday morning, and it was pouring at our Airbnb and and jumped online, and yeah, it was it was pouring at the racetrack. Nobody was going out. It was. Knowing the fact that it was going to be a, a dry Saturday and Sunday, not many not many people took to the racetrack, and, it, and the rain stopped. We ended up having a semi-dry, I would say, final practice session, but uh, overall a better weekend. But that man, dude, the rain came down hard. Well, and that's typical with Florida. I mean, you can have it for a five-second hard rain shower, and then be sunny the rest of the day, but. Uh, you, you, you never know what you're going to get in Florida. And, and thankfully it came just on Friday because again, as you said, everybody saw that the, the, that the forecast was asking for uh dry, dry weather through Saturday and Sunday. So it made, made Friday. Yeah. A little bit boring, but it allowed people to kind of relax and, and, and not, not stress out with knowing that it's going to rain. So they got to get out there and get at after the track every session. Hey, you know how much the mechanics like going back and forth between dry and wet, wet setups too. It's their favorite. <laughs> it's their favorite. <laughs> we actually had, we did have, you mentioned that we had that back in January where we had a cell come in and literally dump on the racetrack for maybe five minutes. We had to bring one of the, one of the classes in we stopped them. We set them back out afterwards. Uh, but no, David, you're right. Saturday, we woke up Saturday to a dry racetrack, uh, but it was overcast all day long. Temperatures in the low seventies, but we didn't see the sun at all. That that said, Sunday morning, sun came out. We had some clouds. Got up to 60, uh, 76 degrees on Sunday. Just a gorgeous day. 
more wind on Sunday, which you know kind of played a role a little bit, but a great way to end the series for sure. Numbers wise, uh, first round two hundred and forty one entries. Um, the second round or the the third and fourth round, second weekend. 205 entries, about a 15% drop in numbers. And that's not surprising for, for a championship. Normally you'll see guys run one race. If you're not in the championship, you don't come back or whatever it may be. Uh, the primary decrease coming in the X30 junior and senior classes, David, with a 70% decrease, uh, 12 drivers less than X30 junior. We had 20, uh, 45 in January, uh, 33 this trip, still a good field, and 53 seniors, the massive group of seniors in January. In February, we dropped 13 down to 40. That's, of course, we ex- kind of expect to see that. Maybe not that much of a jump, but we expect to see that. But increases for the Margie Ignite category. Guys uh, heard about the race up in uh, uh, back up north and said, hey, I want to come down in, in February. And and uh, Ignite Senior from 13 up to 16 and Masters from 16 to 19. So a pretty solid field of 35 carts in that uh, combined senior master ignite category they, they were fun to watch and it was a big field yeah again you take out the x30 junior x30 senior and overall the event didn't drop drastically as much as as no. what it does overall so uh again to have those increases with the with the ignite senior and master helps shows that uh bringing on that program is a huge success uh, so obviously I think we can kind of pencil it in for next year because it seems like, uh, it was a win-win for both Supercarts USA and the Margay racing pro- uh, program. So, uh, I, I assume we're going to pencil that in for the 2020 or 2021 season. I'm sure the conversations are already underway. The, the two winter series events, uh, part of Margay's, uh, majors program, their majors deal that, uh, has the two winter series races, Quincy, Battle of the Brickyard, Elkhart Grand Prix, and Rock Island. So, yeah, I would not be surprised to see see them back there. I think a lot of they'll have more carts for sure. And one interesting thing, David, before we shut down here on the on the the overview of the event, uh, before we jump into the paddock pass uh, after a break, uh, same amount of shifter cart drivers in total, twelve in total. We had one extra pro driver come in, the same uh, one less pro two driver, and the same and we had with four drivers in G one. Um, yeah, you know, bottom line was uh, so an announcement has just hit, you know, the day before that we recorded this debrief podcast regarding Supercarts USA opening up for the Pro Tour and I believe the California Pro Car Challenge, uh, opening up the Pro Shifter, Pro 1, Pro 2, and the G categories, G1 and G2, allowing the KZ Power plant in. A lot of talk tra- track side, we, this is kind of a paddock pass deal, we could, we, could, we could get it done now though, but a lot of... Uh, a lot of talk regarding, hey, what do we do about the 175? It, it really hasn't. It, it's pick, there's a lot of engines out there, but you know, I'm not everybody jumping on board, especially for the winter series. It'll be interesting to see, I think, what kind of field they end up drawing for the Winter Nationals in March. I think it's a it's a positive move. Uh, again, I, I it's just. It's just uh, you know you don't know until until you move forward with it and you know they they had we had nearly forty shifter carts at the uh, uh, super nationals in the pro shifter category when you combine pro pro shifter and pro shifter two so it, it looks like you know on the whole you know people are jumping on board with the engine package and now with this move it's not to say that people can't still go out and use it because again when you when you kind of look at the numbers. Um, the data from from super sunday 
I mean, the times weren't off very much, maybe a 10th between the quickest KZ driver and the quickest 175 driver. And again, we're talking about top notch uh, professional, well, essentially professional drivers, especially with, with KZ being uh, uh, Marion Kremers and, and Danny Formal. And then you look at now four time winner, Billy Musgrave, uh, setting the pace in the 175 category. I think, you know, we, we even looking at regional numbers, you looked at the uh, Scusa Great Lakes uh, Pro Karts Challenge, uh, had KZ, had a KZ category running uh, in a separate class at the same time with the 175 group and two very similar drivers matched up within a tenth or two at three different racetracks. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I, I noticed that when they did that was how, how similar it was. And so that's, that's obviously it's not something that hasn't been, it's something that's been watched throughout the season. So it, I don't think this is, is a, is a knee jerk reaction. It's just, it's something that's been then looked at. I mean, I'm sure it was looked at when the 175 was brought on, like, Hey, can we, can we do this? Well, and, and I think the the one thing we'll, we'll kind of cap off this is a, this is a podcast uh, all to its own that we should probably have next week. But the, the fact is this: you know, Lynn Haddock, who's been around for a long time, this guy's one of the legends of our sport. Working, of course, with IME USA West and, and Tom Kutcher and everybody there, the concept was to come up with a motor that could have KZ performance, but have reliability and durability, so that they could essentially run the whole season on a rebuild. Well, to do that, to be able to provide that, that's the formula, right? We'll go to 175 cc's. We'll run it at about 60% of its capabilities. We'll have a really beefy bottom end. But at a 175, you're going to have that big bottom end torque, the old kind of mod moto torque. So, so the concept was to, to was to build this engine that could be as fast as KZ, hence why they're able now to run them together. Uh, but the way they got to it, provide you know, built this engine, and they they struggled a bit with some of the carburation. There's been other minor issues with the engine that they're trying to get dialed in. Um, it's, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting deal because it's going to be cheaper to, I think it's going to be cheaper to be in the IAMI SSE 175 than a KZ because people still have this belief that you can run a KZ all year long at mm-hmm. the top level. Now you can, maybe if you're going to be a club or regional level driver, you can do that. But if you're going to run a top level national level racing, we've done this, David, it, people have brought it up a little bit on social media. We've done this already. We've done the, Hey, you know what? We're leaving mod motos. ICC out of the box. It's going to be cheaper than everybody. That was back in the early 2000s. The motors were eight grand, right? And then it's rebuilds. And and I don't care what you say. It's expensive to run a KZ power plant at the top level. If you're not twisting it, if you're not pushing the jetting, it's different, right? You can you can run it softly and it'll run a lot longer. I just, I think that that's, we'll, we'll see. But the bottom line is, I just wanted to bring that up. There was 12 drivers there again. It's not like we jumped to 20 because some more guys wanted to come down or jumped on board. There were some new names there for sure. Kyle Wick was sick. He did not run. He didn't make the trip out because he wasn't feeling well. Uh, or there would have been 13 total. But a move by Supercarts USA in talking to me- many members of their industry, of their of their supporters, some of the, you know, the major team owners and guys that want, you know, the guys that have supported the 175. What do we do? There's the program. It's definitely a podcast for next week for sure. Yeah, more we can get into it more a little bit later, but uh it yeah, it will we'll see what happens. I think I think we'll we'll see a great mix at uh at NOLA for the Pro Tour race. Uh I think and even for the California Pro Kart Challenge, we'll see. We'll probably see a little bit of a mix of both. 
We might. We might. All right, folks, stay with us. We are just underway with this edition of the EKN Debrief as David and I are essentially doing our review of the Supercarts USA Winter Series finale, the uh, last two rounds at AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex presented by MG Tires. That event was just last weekend. Uh, Stay with us. When we get back, we'll do a little bit here in the Paddock Pass. Fast, fair, and fun. The Margay Ignite Spec Karting Program offers you all of that at an affordable price. The all-new IgniteKarting.com page provides you with the information you need to fuel your passion for kart racing. Ignite Karting is a spec package that includes the Margay Racing Chassis with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine package and the Hoosier R80 tire. An Ignite K2 is designed for ages 8 to 12, while the Ignite K3 is available for junior, senior, and master's drivers. The 2020 season has a handful of major events for Ignite Karting. The historic Quincy Grand Prix is set for June 13th and 14th, racing through the city's famed South Park. The USAC Karting Battle at the Brickyard on July 14th, 15th, 16th is held inside the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, where you have a chance to take a lap around the famed 2.5-mile oval and the special Yard of Bricks. All information on events throughout the country and Ignite Kart packages, including dealers in your area, are available at IgniteKarting.com. Head there now to register for the upcoming Scusa Winter Series event on February 7th, 8th, and 9th at AMR Motorplex in Homestead, Florida. Arrive and drive packages are still available. So get off the couch and onto the track this year. Ignite Karting. Fuel your passion. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and safety gear to get you on the track. ShopAKRA.com offers a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors in the sport to ensure that all the latest equipment is available to you, the consumer. With customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price. Be sure to visit ShopAKRA.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Also, Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials, clearance items, and new products. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, the debrief of the Supercarts USA Winter Series finale in Homestead, Florida. Time to jump into the Paddock Pass, where I'll give you some of the information uh, that didn't really happen on the racetrack, more of the stuff that happened throughout the pits. This edition of the Paddock Pass, presented by Briggs Racing. Briggs & Stratton is powering Operation Grassroots around the world. No other engine manufacturer is getting new and returning drivers to the car track like the Briggs 206. The -the out-of-the-box performance provides the most fun, excitement, and reliability of any karting engine on the global market. Learn more about the 206 engine and the history behind Briggs & Stratton's century-long commitment to motorsports at www.briggsracing.com. Briggs & Stratton Racing, what powers you? So, David, I think even with the rain on Friday, the overall vibe uh, was 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 really good down there. You know, people jumping and screaming. We had some really, really some really close racing, as I said. Like the cool factor about this track, very similar to the one we have at the Super Nationals, is that guys guys can run first and second. Super patience. They pull away from the field. If if it's not more than two or three seconds. The minute you go on the, the defensive to try to to try to hold your lead, uh, for like two guys start racing, 
Everybody else comes into the into the field. We saw so many last lap passes for the race wins for positions, and that just that fires everybody up. The racing was really good. It provide yeah the track provides a, a great element uh, to to for drama. Uh, again, I think with the with the checkered flag being down down the way further, uh, even in the other direction, you know that long straightaway coming into the final corner sets something up. Uh, and again, as you said, we're all, with with the pushback bumper, we're going to have defensive driving. Uh, it, it allows uh, drivers to run that inside line because they know they're not going to get hit from behind. If they do push back bumper might be pushed in. And so, so yeah, you, it's, it's a, it's a different chess game out there um, that, uh, that people are adapting to and, uh, and, and progressing as we move further into the, uh, the pushback bumper era. Uh, the, yeah, the racing was super clean. The starts were very, very good. It, not not near the the, con, the the chaos we've saw, you know, back in like seventeen, eighteen. Um, in the Margate Ignite program, David, a, a couple of a pro drivers, Santino Ferrucci and Gabby Chavez, were not in attendance at this race. Had to go back to their full time jobs. We kind of laughed about that that they had to had to go back. Both those carts though were still racing. They they uh, Chris Rock. Who had uh, who had uh, wrenched everything for Santino Ferrucci? Jumped on board Santino's cart, and actually the IMSA, IMSA driver James French uh, getting behind the wheel of Gabby Chavez's machine, which was great to see. Uh, Canadian Charlotte Lalonde came down as well. She's of course the uh, the I, was, I think she won the inaugural Battle of the Brickyard uh, Margay Ignite race at, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and Phil Pignatero showed up, and there was some good trash talk between he and Tim Hannon. You would have enjoyed that. <laughs> the, the northeast boys going at each other i think phil a trash talk with anybody out there be it he knows you or doesn't know you <laughs> dude he was fast though right out of the gate super fast but yeah he was you know phil not many guys have a good as good a time at the racetrack as phil does so he had he had a he had a tremendous weekend it was great to have him running with the masters class up front of course as i said and we'll talk about that more in the race report you know you know what if you got Coming. you got phil racing you got tim hannon racing you're talking Northeast. We need to get a Mike Doty back out there. Ooh, now we're talking. Now, trash talk between Phil and Mike Doty would be amazing. Yeah, you know what? If you throw Jamie Soraki in there too, I think it would be a super trash talk. That would be yeah. But Soraki's too tiny. He, I think he would. He would just waste them. He would just waste them both of them. Wow, that's uh, <laughs> that's a that's a bold statement, Dave. No, but yeah, I, I like I, tour. Hey, he is a pro tour race winner, Jamie Soraki. No, you're right. Something would, Mike, I, my, something Mike Doty and Phil doesn't ha- don't have. Wow, but no, I love I love that idea. Let's get the, let's get Doty out there in one of those races. Like it's a fantastic. He's an old Margay driver too. That's, that's what perfect. I'm saying. That's I put the yeah. put the pieces together. I mean, I, hey, you know, Mike, just jump in and go. Well, listen, I called out Dan Smallshoff as well. We should probably get Jonathan Strom to come out. These guys are need to get in shape. They're not in the shape they were when they were racing. So let's get them dialed back in. And uh, let's yeah, let's get some all stars out there for sure. I love it. Um, what's next? Oh, always at the end of the racing, end of the day, take a deep breath, and you say, "Man, awesome, no red flags." And I think although that's a, that's that's a track thing, it's we talked about it in the paddock a lot. The fact that that the racing has changed. And it was a, it was a, I had a number of conversations while I was working in the paddock talking to guys about the fact that the racing it's there is a little bit more respect which is great to a certain extent. There was one issue I'll bring up uh, later that we'll talk about, but you know what, David, no red flags at all. Uh, no ambulance runs. That's always a key. 
It's yeah, it's part racetrack, part drivers, and a lot of it in the previous had been drivers, not so much for racetrack, and 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 so that's part of the element. And uh, yeah, it's good to start the season off with with no red, no red flags. All right, so I know you weren't with us. You're obviously taking care of the family, enjoying your time off before we head to uh, the Challenge of the Americas uh, event uh, at Cal Speed next weekend. Not this weekend, but next weekend. I'm sure you're watching social media on eCard News a little bit just to make sure that I wasn't screwing things up. What do you think about the picture when you saw Billy Musgrave on an iCart? Very interesting maneuver. Um, <laughs> again, we kind of talked about, you know, we weren't sure if he was going to be there or not. We saw him up on the entry list, but again, it showed uh, no chassis listed. So uh, <clears throat> to see uh, on an iCart was was a shock. Um I'm still, you know, still I'm I'm trying to figure out because we haven't talked about it, uh, trying to figure out the pieces of how it all came together. I need to find out myself. I, I, and I didn't because I was kind of running in and out. He obviously went out in that afternoon session, the last session of the day on Friday. It rained all day. So not many people went out. He was one of the only guys on the racetrack in the, in the shifter class near the end of that run. Came in. I went out, I'll obviously get the picture for social, let people know because I'm like, hey, hold on. As he drives by me, what is that? Uh, and then I went out and talked to Chris Lobaugh, obviously a veteran guy, former Scusa Pro Moto Tour race winner himself, been in the sport forever, the Lobaugh family, uh, and talked to Chris. I, I talked to him more about how the cart was running as, as a, like this was, the, this was Saturday, as opposed to how this came together. And this is something that we'll definitely delve into. I'll send a, a message out to find out. But it was interesting what Chris said. It was, it's, it's the cart that Sage Karam ran at the Super Nationals. Yeah. And so, so, the, but that, so that setup that they had, the here, here's the cart. Here's how we ran it. That was for Sage Karam. And that's how Sage drives. And that's how, you know, everybody drives a little differently. As Chris, Chris said, as he was working with, with Billy and evolving the setup to where Billy liked it, they made a lot of changes and everything they were doing was going in the right direction. But he really enjoyed working with Billy a lot. He said that was, uh, he's a, he's a technician, the way he likes the cart and they, they did a lot of stuff to, to turn it to, to the way they wanted for him to be for him to be able to do as well as he did on the weekend. Well, if there's one thing that Billy Musgrave does is test. I mean, that's all he does is on the on the racetrack nearly every single day uh, at Cal Speed or wherever else it is. And and so yeah, there I have no doubt that there's great feedback and and input on what he feels is working, what he feels isn't, what they what direction they need to go, and and obviously Chris Lowball knows his stuff. Uh, knows that iCart really well has been, have been working with them for the last couple of years and and just knows in general just a lot of knowledge uh, in the sport and and how to make things go fast stay with the pro shifter class uh, what I thought was one of the interesting things when I got to the paddock on Friday was the late entry of Danny formal uh, running the uh, Charles Leclerc chassis he's uh, now working and racing for Ansa Motorsports which is an IMSA team which is also getting into the karting uh, community will have their own karting team, Ansa Karting. Uh, he was running with PSL Karting uh, on the weekend, of course, on the Charles Le- uh, Leclerc. That, uh, of course, Ansa is now a dealer a dealer team for PSL Karting. So it was great to see Danny there, although he was not able to run, or I think he, I think he pulled off in the pre-final on Sunday. Injured ribs uh, for Danny Formal, and, and and we know not many people pound the curbs as much as he does. Uh, but yeah, be- beating up that body a little bit. Well, he's getting older now. He's not the young Danny Formal that we we used to know. You know the, the chubby. You what you, <laughs> no, you said? You knew I, I was going to say chubby, weren't you? No, uh, I didn't. I was just. I, I'm just saying. Uh, you're right. Let's. We got to start thrashing on him a little bit. Not. Well, he's not a spring chicken anymore. No, he's not. I mean, he's he's getting to the older age. Like he's getting in that Josh Lane mode where you know he 
<laughs> Where yeah, pretty soon he's going to be looking forward to the Masters age, but uh, but no, it he pounds the curbs harder than anybody else we know. So there's no surprise that it'll it, it finally caught up to him rib wise. So uh, age and and pounding the pounding the curbs as he does uh, kind of adds out, added up to the injury. Uh, to cap off this edition of the Paddock Pass, which is brought to you by Briggs Racing, you know, coming into the weekend, David, there was some we we heard some scary news about a big wreck down at the racetrack. Uh, Ryan Sheehan, who races for Crosslink Competition, was testing, went off the racetrack in turn number two, uh, contact, and uh, and I, I think he ended up getting knocked out to a certain extent, burnt his hand a little bit, uh, both I think one both hands or a hand and arm on the exhaust pipe. He was in the hospital, uh, broken jaw, a number of different things. It's the best possible outcome for, for, for Ryan as he was actually trackside with the family. They had his jaw wired shut. I believe uh, his mom, Stephanie, posted on online just a, a yesterday, I think, that, that they've already got the wire off the jaw. Uh, they did a skin graft on his hand. So it's, it's progressing very quickly. But the cool factor was all the drivers at the event um, signed the Scusa banner. You know, obviously the hashtag she and strong, there's a, a GoFundMe set up because obviously a, a lot of expenses when you go to the hospital like that. And, and so we'll be sharing that, that GoFundMe uh, on our ECAN social media coming up uh, today or tomorrow. But all the drivers, Dave, signed a, a Scusa banner and we presented that to, to Ryan at the podium presentation on Sunday afternoon, which is really cool. Just great to see the whole family there. Uh, you know, a scary incident, but the, the cool factor about this Cardi community, David, as you know, your family's been in it for 40 plus years. Uh, when something happens, the, the community comes together to support their own. And that was another just a great display. A number of people buying the Sheehan Strong stickers. They're, you know, they're, they're putting the hashtag on the carts. It was, uh, it was, it was a great display of our Cardi community. Always good to see uh, everybody come together in the in in that uh, situation, and just good to see him back at the racetrack. I mean, that's that's kind of the first step when you get into an accident like that is getting back to the racetrack and 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 getting acclimated back into into the sport. Uh, make again feel like everything's normal, even though obviously with his wire, jaw wired shut and and, and the uh, the injury to the arm. Uh, regarding the burns and what did he have any other injuries other than that? Uh, I believe that's, I, well, yeah, that was it. That's it. Yeah. They were worried about some, a skull fracture or something like that, but I think, I think everything is, is fine right now. I, I will tell you one thing. And we kind of laughed about it a little bit. Ryan's lost a bit of weight because you can't eat so well with your jaw shut. So I'm not sure if I need to try that for my diet to get, to get ready to beat David Cole or not, but he, he was, they were laughing because he's lost probably 10 pounds, maybe more. He's, he's looking a little skinny. I th- I'm pretty sure he's going to be very happy to start eating some real food, man, to have your jaw wired shut would be amazing. Uh, I think he can, <laughs> he can, we go to business, but we do. Uh, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a two week stretch where, where you don't have to announce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's from the Super Nationals through to the uh, to the there Winter Series. It's like, but the, yeah, yeah. Why am I Josh up for two months? No, that wouldn't work. All right, <laughs> enough of this crap. All right, Paddock Pass is done. After this break, let's start talking about uh, let's start talking about the racing. We'll talk about the the third and fourth rounds of the Scusa Winter Series when we get back. At Solo Kart USA, designing and manufacturing the most driver friendly carts has been our goal from the very beginning. Design, build, test, and then race over and over and over until it's perfect. The result is a cart that gives you complete confidence, knowing that the equipment can get the job done 
and you can focus on what separates every field in karting, driver talent. How do you know how to tune your team's chassis if you're not driving it yourself? At Solo Kart USA, we drive our own carts and we race regularly. Solo Kart is our program and we race what we sell. Every lap we turn at tracks all over the country provides information and feedback that we use in further developing our chassis. After four years of dedicated testing and competition, our Solo Kart USA program is exactly where we want it. It's ready for you. Louis Westover put our Solo Kart SK2 on the X30 Senior Podium at the opening round of the Superkart USA Winter Series in January, topping 50 other drivers. And our own Adam Pettit followed suit with a second-place finish in X30 Master. Check out www.solocartusa.com to learn more and break away from the pack. Trader, Evans, Seligren, Birdsoul. Karting legends are created here at the Quincy Grand Prix. This is Randy Kugler, the voice of this iconic event. On June 13th and 14th, competition karts will rip around the spectacular and beautiful 1.2-mile circuit set out inside the South Park of Quincy, Illinois for the 33rd time since 1970. The 2020 edition of the Quincy Grand Prix marks the 50th anniversary of the first time Carters raced around this historic venue. To celebrate the event, a $10,000 cash purse has been established for the four pro classes competing on the weekend. A total of 11 categories will be competing for the unique trophy given to all race winners, the Gussie, designed and named after the original race founder, Gus Trader. Registration is now open, so don't wait and enter now at QuincyGrandPrix.com and become legendary. We'll see you at the park. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Had to put a quick stop there on David Cole trying to wire my jaw shut. So um, let's jump into the race report here now, brought to you today by Margay Racing. Are you interested in renting a cart at one of the biggest karting events in 2020? Do you want to be part of the fastest growing series in the sport? Check out Margay Racing's Spec Ignite class and their Arrive and Drive packages. This year's events include the Scusa Winter Series in Homestead, Florida in January and February, the Grand Prix of Quincy uh, in June, the USAC Karting Battle at the Brickyard in July, and the Rock Island Grand Prix in, on Labor Day weekend. Don't forget the Elkhart Street Race as well in August. For more information, please visit ignitekarting.com to get off the couch and into a race seat in 2020. All right, David, X30 Senior. Um, it's funny. You and I talked in the Outlap Preview podcast. We had two different winners in January. Would we have two different winners in February? And we did. It's hilarious. I can't believe we actually it actually happened. Four different winners. I should have put money on it. Should have rolled the dice? I should have. Yeah. I mean, the way the competitive, as competitive as that field was yeah. and is, uh, I just... You know, the track lends itself to provide, as you said, great finishes. And and that's what you're going to get. It was uh, it was awesome racing. It really was. Um, and we saw some drivers step to the forefront for sure. Saturday was all about Olin Galley on the CRG for PK Sports. He uh, he qualified on the pole position. Uh, he ran well in the pre-final, but wasn't, you know, he knew that the main event was the one he wanted to win. Ryan Norberg ends up getting the, the pre-final victory. Uh in the main event, Arias Duke Medjian, who was running with Cartsport North America on a Cart Republic, led early, but but Galley went to the lead and simply pulled away uh, and just was you know slowly chipping away uh, hundreds of a second, tenths of a second, 
gave himself a nice lead at the end, a, a tremendous run for Galley for sure, and a big win, David, uh, for CRG as well. You know, they uh, they needed a big victory like that, and they were able to get it. Uh, impressive for Duke Medjian, I think, stepping up after debuting with the team back in January. He was battling, actually bat- battling with Ryan Norberg, David, uh, on the uh, for the second half of that race, and actually passed Norberg on the last lap to get the position. If you want to pass anybody on the final lap, how about four times Scusa Pro Tour champion Ryan Norberg? That's uh, that's got to be a confidence boost booster for Duke Medjian. Well, I think it it certainly helped, and it and it carried over into the next day without a doubt. Uh, it did, it uh, did. Be, to be able to beat Norberg and be right there because again, Arius hasn't been in the card a lot. Uh, you know, he's he's kind of looking at he's been doing car stuff throughout 2019, so uh, not a, not as much karting as as what Norberg has been doing over the last say 12 months. Yeah. One of the guys that I think, David, you might have expected to potentially step up for a race win, that was uh, Louis Westover, the British driver, running for Solo Kart USA. He was good all day long as well. He ended up in the fourth position. And how about Luca Mars, the rookie senior driver, P5 on the red speed, running with uh, Speed Concepts Racing. I think Luca, I think he's going to surprise this year. You're a rookie. You're young. You know, David, you know this. You've watched it. The first time these guys are in there battling it out with the seniors who have been in there for three, four years, I thought Luca really, really showed well uh, this particular weekend. Yeah, impressive. Uh, and we know he is a, a solid driver. Uh, Academy Trophy representative last year for uh, Team USA. Uh, just just continually imp- improved each step that he's gone up. And uh, and now that he's into the senior ranks, he's taking that knowledge that he that he learned uh, racing up front throughout the junior categories, uh, moving it into senior. So he has the pace. There's no doubt about it. Now we're going to see how he can race against uh, a lot of the top drivers in the country. Yeah, moving to Sunday, a new name on the top in qualifying, uh, Brandon Tyner, another one of the uh, rookie seniors running with uh, Rollison Performance Group. Of course, Tyner, a Pro Tour winner last year in the junior category. Uh, qualifies on pole, ran well, ran second to his teammate Hannah Greenmeyer in the pre-final. But in the main event, uh, it was interesting. Hannah got out to a really, really clean start and was able to pull away. But, you know, they're all dicing for second, third, and fourth, racing hard. And uh, Greenmeyer able to get out to a lead. But finally, Duke Medjian settled into second. And Enrico DeLuca on the Cosmic in third. And they just started coming. And it was one of those, you know, when I'm calling a race, David, it was just I'm watching a time click away. Hannah's still going green, but Duke Medjian's going purple. You know, then DeLuca would go purple. And they would they, they just kept closing, closing. And finally, when they did, they made the pass coming out of 12 into turn one. Duke Medjian to the inside, Hannah on the outside. DeLuca jams through and ends up, you know, they run one, two, three. And now they're, they're running in tow. And of course, it's you know it's championship Sunday, so I'm kind of figured trying to figure it out. Though you weren't with you weren't there for me, David, to work on the points for me. So I'm figuring the points out when with Hannah leading and Norberg, who just didn't have the best of days. He was running ninth. Hannah had the championship. Well, she moves back into third, and now she's 11 points out. So all right, what she's got to you know she's got to get back to the lead. She's chasing them down, David, and boom, she pops down the, the purple lap. She gets the fast lap of the race. That's that's 10 points. She's one point back. And the three of them are battling. They're all together, and Hannah makes an aggressive move to try to get by on the final circuit. Can't quite get it done. Duke Medjian ends up with the race win. Uh, second was DeLuca. Hannah comes home in third, not that far back. And Galley in fourth, and Patrick Woods-Toth fifth. Hannah ends up missing the championship by one point. 
Uh, Ryan Norberg getting another championship, his fifth championship in a row in Supercard USA competition. Uh, but Hannah coming just one point short. That's uh, that's tough to take for sure. It's tough, but it shows that every position matters, even in the prefinal. Yes. Uh, again, you know, there could have been one spot in a prefinal last month, uh, one spot maybe on Saturday. Again, you just you you never know, and that's why you never give up a position uh, as easily as you think you should. At the end, you know, say maybe, hey, you want to start on the inside rather than the outside. Yeah. Uh, that that one position could cost you a championship. And David, how many times we've seen that somebody doesn't like starting on? They don't want to start on the outside, so they let a guy get by them, so they'll move to the inside lane. And if you're a championship guy, especially with the, the amount of points the series are putting on these prefinals now, right? It's it, there's a lot. It's a hundred points to win a prefinal, ninety points to to get second in the Scusa race. That's ten point difference, man. You, you don't finish second just because you or you don't finish fourth or third move moving from second to third just because you want the inside line because those points are so valuable you, you hit it right there but again consistency is key because as we see with norberg uh didn't win a race in the four yeah. rounds of racing uh one i think what what maybe a pre-final he won a sun, saturday pre-final this month i think he won maybe another pre-final uh last month so again it's it's still being about consistent because you look at four different winners, none of them other than Hannah were even close to being uh, at the top of the championship order. <laughs> that's exactly that's it. It's crazy, isn't it? And and let's say so. Let's see if I get these right. The five straight championships for for Ryan Norberg. So where we go? We go where we start with. We start with 2018 Scusa Pro Tour Championship. Yep. 2019 Winter Series Championship, yep. 2019 Pro Tour Championship, 2019 California Pro Kart Challenge Championship, yep. and now the 2020 Winter Series. Five straight championships. He's got four straight Pro Tours championship wins. And now the last five Scusa championships that he has ran in, he's been the champion. It's, it's not, dude, he's got to be the driver of the decade. Four. For, 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 it's yeah. amazing. I was going to say four four pro tours, two winners, and one uh, California pro cart. <laughs> That's just, it's amazing to me. Uh, let's blast through the, the the pro one and pro two shifter uh, groups because there's really not a ton to talk about. There's a little bit in in, in Saturday, otherwise pretty much status quo. Uh, Billy Musgrave, as we said on that i cart, was was really good. He essentially dominated the weekend. Didn't lose a session. Uh, qualified on pole, won the pre final. Now I we will talk about the Saturday main event. Because you've got Billy Musgrave and you got Danny Formel. Uh, between them, seven Super Nationals race wins, right? <laughs> uh, we throw in Devin Smith Harden in the Harden Motorsport, uh, Harden Motorsport Group comp cart. You know, you, you're going to expect Musgrave and Formal to be there. Uh, the main event was badass. They get rolling, three drivers running together. Smith Harden got a really good start, he's running second. Um, so the three drivers. So here's Smith Harden running with the two, you know, two of the top shifter cart drivers in North America. You know, if not, you know, they're obviously in the top five. Smith Harden actually running second, and Formal gets by him. All right, you know what? Not surprising. Devin, hold on, run good there. It's gonna, it's gonna solid third. Stay with with Danny. No, lap twelve, big run out of turn number one to the inside. Book it in turn two. He passes Formal. To take uh, to take second spot. That's how they finish on the racetrack. Musgrave, uh, Smith, Harden, and Formal. Talk about some uh, increase in uh, confidence and momentum for Devin Smith Harden. I thought that was tremendous for him. 
Well, that's exactly what he needs. He needs to get out there and get that experience racing against these guys because, again, he's probably got six, seven, maybe eight years less than than what Musgrave and, and Formal do because, again, he's, he's, I believe, what, 19 years old. He's still... He's still learning and getting again growing because he's he's not a big kid, uh, uh, so he's still bulking up, getting muscle, getting and getting knowledge. Uh, again, racing against these guys, uh, he has the speed. It's just a matter of, of putting it uh, to the test. And and yeah, good props to him for uh, for challenging. Yeah, I thought so too. I just he just he didn't give up, and it was one of those things where a lot of times drivers will be maybe punching a weight class up. You know, they're they're <laughs> they not not normally used to racing there, and he did well. He did like he, he, what I liked was he got past, and he didn't just settle into third. He went back at Formal like he didn't care who he was, which was I thought was tremendous. Uh, Jordan Johnson on the DR cart ended up in fourth, and Sebastian Ordonez, a young driver we've watched come through the cadet ranks back in the days. Uh, good to see Sebastian out. He was running an I cart as well. Sunday, all Musgrave uh, swept all three sessions. Smith Harden second, Johnson third, or Ordonez fourth. As I had mentioned in the paddock pass, Formal pulling out uh, midway through the pre-final with that injury. Uh, but in the main event, Musgrave pulled the whole shot like he almost always does and, and walked away. Uh, in the pro shifter class, it really was a battle between Chente Salas and Baylor Griffin. Uh, Salas with the pole on Saturday. Griffin came back with the pre-final. In the main event, it was all Griffin, to be honest. And this is interesting. We'll throw this into the – to kind of tag it with the Pro 1 shifter class, uh, the Pro shifter guys. So Griffin leads green to checker, gets off the line well, dominates. You know, Salas ends up in second. Uh, Dylan Johnson on the DR cart in third. But David Griffin just ran right behind that battle between Smith Harden and Formal. He never really engaged, race smart, but he was essentially behind those guys most of the time, kind of watching it happen, maybe three or four cart lengths back. So I thought Griffin did a tremendous job. And he too, although he wasn't racing with Formal, to know that he had the pace of Danny, again, that's got to be big for the for his confidence as well. Well, again, remember, uh, yeah, it's it's different divisions. So essentially it's the pro, semi-pro versus pro. And yeah. to be and when you're a semi-pro, it's it's great to be able to keep pace with the professional, with the pro pro category. So yeah, definitely props to him. And uh, it, that that's what the winter series is about gaining that confidence to move you into the season. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and for, in terms of confidence, Salas dominates the day on, uh, on Sunday qualifies pole, wins the pre-final uh, sweeps the day with a win in the main event, uh, Baylor Griffin running for Orsalon racing P2. Uh, Salas was on the crock promotion chassis. Uh, essentially, Salas actually battled all, all main event with Smith Harden. He was, of course, by himself because Formal not running. So, uh, so Salas was right there pushing Smith Harden for second overall for the entire time. In the end, Musgrave wins the championship again unofficially. We're waiting for Scusi to send their stuff out. Uh, Musgrave wins the championship in Pro Shifter, and in the uh, uh, in Pro Shifter two, it was uh, Chente Salas winning the championship there. Yeah, I have, I have the pro standings in front of me. It's Musgrave, Smith Harden, Wick as the top three, and then Salas, Griffin, and Isambard, Isambard uh, third in Pro Shifter two. I like that David's got those updated. That's fantastic. All right, let's uh, go over to the break here. We come back. We will continue again. Uh, Margay Racing, the sponsor of our race report here today. We'll come back. We'll talk X30 Junior, X30 Master, and G1. The 2019 season marks the 20th anniversary for PSL Karting, North America's importer and distributor for the legendary Burrell Art brand. PSL Karting is your complete source for all things Burrell Art. 
providing this top quality product both through their expansive dealer network or through their own pslkarting.com online store. We have over 100 Burrell Art Carts in stock at all times. We can provide you with a turnkey package with an IAMI, Rotax, Rock, or Briggs Power Plant, complete and ready to race. Whatever you need is available 24-7 at our online store, including parts and components, consumables like AMSOIL, Motul, and Rotax XPS engine oil, and Vroom Lubricants, Micron Data Acquisition Systems, and Unipro, and of course, driver safety gear from Bell, Arai, Freem, and Alpine Stars. Trackside, we're also the karting distributor for Bell Racing USA. Arrive and Drive programs, supported by PSL's experienced staff and our in-house engine program, are available for all major U.S. and Canadian events. When you're ready to win, call PSL Karting or visit one of our dealers. And as always, head to pslkarting.com. Top-level production with a focus on a single form of motorsports, karting. This is MG Tires. MG Tires USA, underneath the Vantage Karting Group banner, is the official distributor of the MG Tires brand for the United States. MG Tires are the official spec tire in the United States Pro Kart Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, Sunshine State Karting Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. No matter your compound preference, MG Tires USA has you covered. The 2020 season brings a new homologation period, featuring new names for the same superior products. Whether it's the medium SH Red, the soft SM Yellow, the super soft green SS, or the intermediate white IZ, MG Tires USA has your winning set of rubber in stock. Indoor and outdoor rental facilities can now trust MG Tires with their solution for long-lasting and the best performance, with three different compounds available through the RL line. For more info about MG Tires USA and its extensive list of dealers near you, check out their website at mgtiresusa.com. MG Tires, for the drivers. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. It's the race report of this edition of the EKN Debrief as we talk about the Supercarts USA Winter Series finale down in Homestead, Florida. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole. David, we probably could have put X30 Junior and a KA100 Junior together, but let's let's talk X30 Junior. And and really, the storyline is just this. Andrea Kimi Antonelli on the Kart Republic for Kart Sport North America dominates the Winter Series. Uh wins every race eight for eight in both those categories. He was challenged a little bit in the pre-finals and, and that kind of thing, but every main event, David, he just ended up pulling away. Uh, on Saturday, he qualifies pull. Brent Cruz uh, actually takes the, the pre-final victory, uh, but in the main, and Cruz led early. He got off the line really well, was able to take the lead early. Antonelli, though, quickly on the move, out to the front. He ends up with the race win. Uh, PSL Karting's uh, Sasha McGay ends up in the uh, uh, Maggie rather ends up in second, Cruz third, Mateo Rubio fourth, and John Burke rounding out the top five. But really, with just Antonelli flat dominating, the, just the way he handles himself on the racetrack, the overtakes he makes when he needs to, unbelievable. 
Well, it's the it's the show that we didn't get in Vegas because we thought, yeah. hey, he was going to come into Vegas and just clean slate and and and, and take uh, two victories there. But uh, so it's it's at, le- at least you got to see the show. I didn't get to see the show, but uh, it's cool to see him come over again. That's uh, one of the key elements of the Scusa Winter Series is the ability to bring the international drivers over because nothing's going on until now this weekend where you have the South Garda. Uh, winter cup race going on this is now their now their season has started once once everybody gets to south garda so um it's great to see them come over and uh and to uh essentially beat in our butts <laughs> yeah, true enough right uh as i had said antonelli wasn't absolutely perfect in, in every session actually uh, uh Tulio uh was able to grab the uh the, the, the alessandro detulio getting the pole on sunday antonelli ends up winning the pre-final uh, and then in the main event, another dominating race for Antonelli. Jumped out early. And again, David, we've seen this many times, right? Gets out to a 1, 1. 1.5, two-second lead. Settles in for about 10 laps. And then the cart comes in and boom, away he went. Uh, pulls away. He actually went, went purple on lap number 20. So 20, the fastest lap of the race for him. He ends up with a dominant win. I, what I thought was a really good run was for Jace Park. Uh, Brent Cruz ends up getting the second spot. But Jace Park... Uh, for for speed uh, concepts racing in the Tony Kart, right on Cruz's bumper for the entire race, they bat- did really battle, but he was right there with them. A solid podium though for Jace, and I think uh, that'll be another one of those confidence boosters that will bode well for him moving into the 2020 season. We should we should name rename the Winter Series to uh, Confidence Booster Winter Series. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's what it is for a lot of these guys. Like you said, uh, coming out of the gate, you just gotta you gotta going to challenge yourself and you, 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 every driver expects them to step up. And, you know, a lot of times I talk about this a lot at the road, the road to Indy races, but I talked to a lot of the young drivers about this, this particular weekend too. How did you feel last January when you were making the, like maybe second year juniors? How did you feel last January when you came into this race? Like, man, I was so, I was nervous. I wasn't sure what, well, your race last year, you did really well. And now you're coming back for your second year, your junior. How are you feeling now? This is, I'm a totally different guy now. I'm way more relaxed, but that that race, that that winter series set me off where I needed to be. Now I'm going to try to get podiums. It's just, it's such a different, it's such a different spin when they have a different mindset coming in, David. Yeah. And being at the same facility helps too with that, that confidence, as you said, um, you know, even though you're going in the opposite direction, you, you at least, you know, you're, you're, you've been there, you know, what's going on. And so going, you know, the double finals on the weekend certainly helps because then you have more racing sessions to get more comfortable. So, so Sunday is kind of the, uh, the anticipation of, of what the, the culmination of what's gone into the whole entire weekend. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's just, again, step by step. And, and again, even year by year, you know, park is, is, I believe in his, second season in the uh in the junior ranks so uh so. again he's yeah. got you know he's got one full year under his belt and uh so now you know working with speed concepts racing uh program you know he's definitely getting the the uh, the input after every session uh guillermo figueredo coming home in the four spot josh pearson last year's national number three rounding out the top five for rollison performance group 
good racing all around behind Antonelli in X30 Junior. Uh, X30 Master, pretty easy to kind of lock and load this one here. Now we'll talk more about second, third, and fourth on back because Renato Jadr David, uh, former Super Nationals winner, the reigning uh, X30 Master champion on the Winter Series, ends up sweeping just like Antonelli did. Uh, one, I, I want to say the only points he didn't get was might have been one of the pre-finals or one of the fast laps. It might have been the fast lap in a main event. He otherwise dominated the action, wins the championship for Orsalon Racing. Saturday qualified pole, won the pre-final, won the main. Um, interesting, a battle for second on Saturday, David, between Brett Harrelson, who didn't come to the January race with Nash Motorsports, but came out to run here in February. He was in a pretty good battle uh, with Miguel Mir. And they had a pretty good gap on Sal- uh, Salvo Asparacio on the solo cart. He was running a couple seconds back, but turning exactly the same lap times. Well, the minute they started racing, and start, Harrelson started getting defensive, as I had said earlier. In comes Sparacio. Mir ends up going to second, and I think it was Harrelson. Sparacio catches him. He tries that move and turns seven and eight, dive into the apex, came up just short, not quite enough. Sparacio crossing the line in fourth spot, but would end up, he ended up moving up to third after uh, Miguel Mir actually DQ'd in tech for an incompliant spark plug. Definitely not something you want to see, but uh, yeah, Miguel Mir. Uh, goes to seventh, and I don't think he'll be able to drop that race either. You can't drop a technical DQ. Uh, so, again, Sparacio ends up in third spot. Overall, a pretty good race behind Renato Schotter David. Yeah, it's all Jotter, it's all Renato. Jotter, Jotter, Renato, yeah. whatever you want to call him. Yep. Uh, little little stat for you. Can you can you na- count how many victories he's had in the three years at the Winter Series? Wow. Main, are we talking main event victories? Main event victories, yeah. I, I finally put together a spreadsheet for this. All right, how many out of the 12? I'm trying to think that's, who else. That's it, yeah. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I'm going to say I'm going to say 10 out of 12. Ooh, close, nine. Nine, nine. Okay. yes. Uh, he right. won three races last year, so he's gone seven straight main event victories at the winner's Ru- Who won the other one? Did Rodrigo PK win Rodrigo PK won the first yeah. round there. Uh, yeah. Derek Wang and Scott Roberts uh, each That's scored right. a victory in 2018, while while Renato scored one each weekend. So, wow! And again, that was that was Homestead Ocala. So Renato won at Homestead along with Derek Wang, and then Renato won at Ocala along with Scott Roberts. Scott Roberts at his home Man. track. So. Dude, nine of 12, 75% win. That's that's solid. Uh, well, again, so there's uh, one of his nine uh, was on Sunday as well because he, he dominated again on Sunday. Uh, Miguel Mir actually got uh, the lead at the start of the Sunday main event, but Renato Jadr David uh, quickly went to the front, was gone. Uh, it was actually a pretty good battle uh, between uh, Adam Pettit and Miguel Mir for a bit. Adam Pettit on the solo cart, who has uh, a couple of top five finishes, uh, ended up going to second. Uh, but early in the race, in, in one of the corners, I think uh, Harrelson got on the brakes a bit early and Pettit had nowhere to go and powered into the back of him. And again, one of the negatives of the pushback bumper is if you get something like that where somebody short breaks, uh, it, it was early. You know, it, was, it wasn't contact like that. It was a short break contact. Pettit ends, ends up getting the pushback bumper penalty, drops him from uh, second, I believe, down into the fourth spot. So Miguel Beer gets P2 and Brett Harrelson ends up going to third. Again, David. Just part of the pushback, right? It's it's tough because somebody can short break you and you get a penalty, but uh, it is what it is, I guess. 
Yeah, and I'm wondering, you know, just experience. You know, uh, I don't think they they utilize the the pushback in the northeast regions that uh, that Pettit races at. So, you know, again, it's just learning those different techniques to uh, to kind of race with them. You know, whether it's it's staying on the driver's bumper more, or you know, providing a little bit more space there. Uh, you know, going into corners again, just uh, you know, part of the part of the pushback era that we're in. Yeah, I'm not sure there's much you can do, man. If you're trying to make a pass, you're all over somebody. And if if they're way off the brakes early or jumping on the brakes early, that's uh, not much you can do about that. Let's let's jump into G1. This will be a quick one because four drivers in the G1 category. Actually, I think just three drivers actually in the G1. One driver did, uh, had entered but didn't show. Uh, Justin Peck dominated the action, uh, just like the other category, just like Billy Musgrave did. He won every session throughout the weekend to win the championship. Uh, on Saturday, Ken Schilling coming home in second, and Anthony Stifler in third. On Sunday, Peck dominated again, so he won every main event. Stifler ran second for the entire race. Schilling actually making, I believe, a last lap pass for second to grab that spot away. Uh, Anthony Stifler on the DR cart, turning things up a bit, really kind of improved on the Sunday. Uh, but Schilling able to get back right at the very end of the 22-lapper. He ends up taking that spot. But Justin Peck, super excited. Good run for him. He's pumped about the, the 2020 season this year. Adds another uh, championship to the Rawlson Performance Group uh, mantle. Well, the interesting thing was uh, in talking to Justin afterwards, he was talking about the championships he's won over his career. He's now in his 40s. He, I think he won a couple of motocross championships through, his, you know, through like when he was in his teens, in his uh, and in his 20s and 30s. This is his fourth decade of actually winning a motorsports championship, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I can't say that. <laughs> no, I can say I. four decades of racing, but no, not uh, four decades of championships. Yeah, neither can I. All right, folks, let's jump into another quick break here. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about uh, uh, K100 Senior and K100 Junior. Stay with us. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. If the dream is IndyCar, set your target on the Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. Our ladder system is designed to take drivers through three rungs of competition. The first step is the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship, which features a carbon tub Tadis chassis, 180 horsepower, and a paddle shift sequential gearbox. Boost the USF 2000's output to 280 horsepower for the Indy Pro 2000 program, the second rung on the road to Indy. Add in increased grip and aero downforce, and the Tadis PM18 becomes an incredible training machine. The final step before IndyCar is the Indy Lights Championship presented by Cooper Tires. The Dallara IL-15 boasts a whopping 450 horsepower. This car itself has helped train a third of the grid expected for the 2020 IndyCar Series. At all three levels, you race at premier venues on the same dance card as IndyCar. Showcase your skills under the watchful eyes of IndyCar scouts and owners. Former Carters fill the roster of Road to Indy graduates in IndyCar, like Joseph Newgarden, Pato Award, Connor Daly, Zach Beach, Jack Harvey, Felix Rosenquist, Colton Herta, Charlie Kimball, Renus VK, and 2019 Indy Lights champion Oliver Askew. Racing karting graduates like Kyle Kirkwood and Braden Eves are in the middle of their journeys right now as well. Follow in their footsteps. If you want to race IndyCar, there is only one choice. The Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Uh, what episode is it? Episode 63 of the EKN Debrief. Man, that's, dude, that's 63 of them. That's crazy. Uh, again, our, it's our 
essentially post-race report here on the ECAN Radio Network. We're talking about the Supercarts USA Winter Series. Uh, good numbers in the KA100 Senior and Junior category once again. Uh, went from 25 to 21 uh, in the junior class, but the same group of 15. We had 15 drivers uh, in the uh, – not the same group, but 15 drivers again in KA100 Senior but David really has been kind of a coming out party, a national introduction for Nate Cicero, who, and I'll be honest, showed up at the uh, you know the January weekend, and I went, okay, who's this Nathaniel Cicero guy? <laughs> went and talked to Mike Rollison. He told me who he was, uh, you know, former junior champion up at the uh, you know the Oakland Valley Raceway Park Club. But man, he was able to get a win on Sunday in January, and he really dominated the weekend down here to score the championship. He topped all uh, three sessions on Saturday dominates the day, ends up winning. Uh, the battle for second was good, though, between Connor Ferris and Garrett Adams. Connor really turned things up. Uh, didn't quite have this kind of pace in January, but going in the in the uh, clockwise direction there at Homestead, turned it up on the Cart Republic. He ends up getting second. Garrett Adams third. Yannick Rowland showed good speed uh, and came home in fourth. And Brian Boley, one of the Rawls Performance Group drivers, Keep it. Remember his name. P five on Saturday. He turned things up a bit though on Sunday. Yeah, a lot of uh, new names to the uh, KA one hundred yeah. senior category. That's that's great uh, for the sport. Great for the program because uh, you know it's going to translate into different names uh, coming into the Pro Tour program. So uh, yeah, Nate had a great weekend. Uh, stamped his name on that championship trophy. Uh, great improvement by Ferris, who is now in the senior category. This is his first. Uh, two weekends on in the senior ranks, so uh, it's great for him to get up there because again, they're racing up against uh, Pro Tour champion Austin Osborne, who went over in a top five finish on the weekend. Yeah, he struggled. They, they they battled a bit with the engine; it was cutting out on them quite a bit. There was there was just a number of things that they dealt with for sure for for Austin Osborne. They'll put this weekend behind them and move on to the Pro Tour. You mentioned Ferris David making his jump up into the senior categories. He was really impressive on Sunday. Didn't come away with a win. But qualified on the pole, won the pre-final, and actually led early in the final until Cicero finally got his way by. Ferris kept the pressure up, so it was that those two drivers just quite couldn't quite find a way by. But a couple of drivers from the Northeast looking really good. Uh, Cicero ended up getting the win. Ferris in second, and Brian Bowley working his way up to third on the podium in third for Rawlison Performance Group. The team was super jacked about that. Ryan Norberg, of course, you know, kind of the team leader coming over. I actually wanted me to ask me if I could drop the nickname for Brian on the podium introductions. So I did, of course, right? They call they call him Brian Baby Shark Bully. No, Isn't yeah, that I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah I get horrible. you know nicknames. Yeah, I don't. I'm not, I can't say I like. I can't stand the song. I'm tired of it. Well, they call they call Caleb Gaffera Baby Shark. I can live with that. He's in the, he's in the mini class for God's sakes. Yeah, we got to. We got to come up with a different name for, for for Brian. We'll come up with a badass nickname for him so they can get rid of Baby Shark. How's that sound? Yeah, I mean, they, you know, mechanics, driver coaches, they come up with weird names, and it's They're it's more of, people. It's more of an insult. I mean, that's really what it is. You know, like Jeremy Fletcher's White Cheddar. Uh, you know, that's not exactly a nickname you want to go around talking about. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's just these not, cruel, hey. cruel ways yeah. of getting back at your driver for not listening to you. Brian's not pulling the ladies with a nickname like Baby Shark. No, not at all. Not at all. So at least, you know, maybe he's got good looks to, to fall back on. Well, I'm not going to make that judgment call. I'll, I'll leave that up to you. All right. Uh, Matthew Dunkovich ended up finishing in the fourth position and Garrett Adams rounding up the top five in the Cosmic. It was some it was some good racing in KA100 Senior, like it always is. 
Uh, all right, so here's the thing about K100 Jr. Again, a dominating weekend for Antonelli, but that doesn't really tell enough of the story, okay? So Saturday, David, he qualifies on the pole. Anderson Leonard wins the pre-final because there's an issue with Antonelli. He DNFs. So he's got to start dead last in the main event. 20 drivers in the field, starts dead last. Mateo Rubio Luego gets out front, pulls away from the rest of the field, does a tremendous job. I think he's two, two and a half seconds out at one point. Well, here, here comes Antonelli. He just starts coming through the field. You know, and Rubio Luengo's knocking out green laps. He's getting his personal best lap, lap after lap, faster and faster. Antonelli's going purple all the time, coming through the field. Every time he caught somebody, decisive passes, right, David? Not not catching a guy and waiting and running his speed. He gets there, he passes. I'm going to say probably in the second spot at the halfway point or maybe just a little after the halfway point, I'm wondering, okay, we got eight, nine laps to go. What's going to happen? Well, Antonelli just starts reeling him in. Boom. You know, and and give it up to Rubio Luengo. There were many laps where he was either the same speed or maybe even a little quicker. But Antonelli would get another purple lap and he'd be three tenths faster. He just cut into those, those two seconds and able to get before the last lap, he's able to grab the race win, get the lead, and ends up, you know, he wasn't going to go eight for eight unless he won that race from dead last. So the eight for eight sounds amazing, all the main events, but he started one of those races from the very tail of the field, which I think is just amazing. Very impressive performance by him. Again, you know, it's it's, it's a show we wanted to see in Vegas, and uh, he certainly put on a show in the two weekends at the uh, at the Scusa Winter Series. Uh, now he's moving up to the OK uh, category yeah. in Europe, so uh, we're going to be able to see what he's able to do against uh, – against some of the biggest stars in our sport right now worldwide. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens. Uh, you hear us talking about a lot of names like PSL Karting and like the Rawlison Performance Group, Speed Concepts Racing, the guys that are doing well. In this KA100 category, Team Ferris, very impressive, David. Obviously, you know, it's a, it's a, a couple of guys under the tent and Connor and Thomas Anunziata. Well, Anunziata was in that next group. So, so you know, Ruby Alengo's gone. Antonelli goes and checks, goes and chases them down and passes them for the win. But the fight for third, fourth, and fifth, as I'm sure you can understand, would be would be awesome. It's it's basic K100 Junior racing. Anunziata actually comes out in front of that particular group. He was fighting. He was back from third, back to seventh, fights his way back up. Well, Anunziata ends up on the podium in third spot on the Cart Republic. I thought it was a really tremendous run for Thomas. Uh, Anderson Leonard ends up in fourth, and Christian Miles fifth. There are just so many good drivers, David. In this category, you never know who's going to be up there. You know, Miles is a rookie driver in the junior categories now. But Anunziata stepped up, put his name in the fight, beating out a, a pretty good group of drivers. Yeah, he's one of the the many that does the double duty racing K100 and X30 Junior. I think yeah. I think for him, because I've seen him race a number of times, he made that jump the jump up from cadets last year to the junior ranks. I think the K100 category, again, is going to help these drivers be able to to make that gap that jump easier and and so if you have the success in k100 it might equip uh, move over to the x30 program as well so i think uh you know as long as he keeps pushing up uh moving into that k100 getting improvement there improvement there it'll uh, it'll help him in the uh in the other category as well Obviously, some cool stuff to talk about in terms of Antonelli with starting last in the in the main event on Saturday. Sunday, uh, more ho-hum, let's put it that way. 
qualifies on pole, wins the pre-final, walks away in the main event. Rubio Luengo ends up in second, and a good run for Christian Miles. He works his way up to third, and a, and a really good battle for him to be able to get himself to P3. Miles on the podium. Uh, Leonard ends up in the in the uh, fourth spot, and, and uh, Brent Cruz on the Cut Republic, rounding out the top five. Yeah, so I, you know, you look at it; it's not just driver; it's also chassis. You got three Cart Republics in the top five both days with uh, yeah. on you know Antonelli, uh, Nunziata, and Miles on Saturday, and then Antonelli, Miles, and Cruz on Sunday. So uh, you know, again, chassis the Cart Republic chassis is doing really well again here in the United States. Yeah, and Ferris in the in the uh, in the K100 senior class too, right? In the Cart Republic, they had a really solid weekend, especially in the 100 CC categories for sure. Uh, all right, folks, another break. Let's go to a quick break here. When we come back, let's talk. Uh, let's wrap up the race report. Let's go Mini Swift, Micro Swift, and the Margate Ignite Senior and Masters categories. Made in the USA. That's exactly what you get from Precision Karting Technologies. Based in Detroit, Michigan, PKT brings over 35 years of manufacturing experience to the sport of karting. Their passion for the sport began focusing around the kid kart platform and has expanded every year with hundreds of products designed to put you on the podium. Precision Karting Technologies is known around North America for their successful line of axles available in all age groups. PKT manufactures a number of engine products for Comer, IAMI, Rock, Rotax, and the popular Briggs & Stratton 206. A wide variety of chassis components for the many brands in the sport are available through PKT, including hubs, pedal risers, skid plates, and other hardware for your cart. Axle straightening, chassis adjustments, engine service, and specific CNC machining projects are available through their Motor City headquarters. To learn more about the many products and services available from Precision Karting Technologies, head to pktaxles.com. Kometic Gasket is a leading worldwide supplier of gaskets and engine sealing solutions for karting, automotive performance, power sports, original equipment, and the remanufactured engine industries. Kometic karting gaskets are available as OE replacement top end kits or as individual gaskets and seals. Just like competitive carters, Kometic can operate on the fly and has the unique capability to customize any gasket to meet specific engine requirements and clearances. All of Kometic's fiber materials are asbestos-free and do not require any additional sealants. Viton oil ring cylinder head seals are used in each two-cycle kit, and Kometic's four-cycle engine kits feature only the most advanced multi-layer steel head gaskets. Kometic can tailor to engine builder specific needs through bulk ordering and packaging flexibility. Kometic gaskets are must-haves for championship winning teams across multiple disciplines of both professional and amateur motorsports. Kometic gasket, sealing championships since 1989. Back here on the EKN Debrief talking about the Supercarts USA Winter Series Finale. Uh, in early February at Homestead, uh, Florida. We are back here with the, the last four classes for the race report presented by Margay Racing. We'll move into the, the Mini Swift class, and it was some really good excitement, really good racing. Uh, uh, Max Garcia and Miguel Costa, pretty much the guys up front. Uh, Mateus Arjuela, though, out of the gate on the parallel and qualifies on pole, but Garcia steps up uh, quickly to to, uh, to win that pre-final. Uh, 
early race excitement as usual in the, in the mini swift class, everybody kind of jostling to get into position. But once they did and they went nose to tail, David Garcia and Costa hooked up, they pulled away. And it's funny sometimes and you and I mentioned this, that, uh, it, the best, it seems like the best race strategy comes in the mini swift class where they're not always concerned about who leads. They actually work together. Garcia and Costa, uh, you know, Costa was P1, Garcia right behind him, and they simply just pushed away, which is, you know, and, and we don't see that all the time in the other categories, but these guys got it done. They push away, we'll battle it out amongst ourselves. I, I always find that interesting. It, it helps when you're teammates. That's obviously key. If you have a teammate that you're racing with up towards the front, you're going to work with him to get away from everybody. So that way, hey, we're going we're to settle it, me and you, at the end. And again, yeah, Mini Swift is always that category where we see even even a, back in the 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 best was like a Dylan Tavella. He'll pick like the weakest link, and I'm like, I'm going to push you to the front, and we're going to go, and then I'm going to beat you with that last lap. It's it doesn't matter who it was; he would always just push that one card away. So yeah, again, Mini Swift, we always see that uh, that two driver breakaway, <laughs> and then All they the settle it on the end. So I'm not That's sure why good. other categories can't uh, follow suit and, and understand how that works, but uh, you know, again, uh, maybe, maybe that's the age where uh, the brain is really understanding how racing works. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Yeah, you talk about Dylan Tavella. You go further back to Sage Karam back in the Stars of Carding days. Exactly the same thing as well. well. He would he would just dominate. <laughs> yeah, well, he would do the same thing. He would still be second and then make that last lap pass all the time. Anyways, uh, Costa was the leader. Garcia ends up making the pass for the win on essentially the pass for the win on lap seventeen. Not really. Because there was actually two passes on the final lap. Costa goes by Garcia down to turn two. And then Garcia comes back. When they come out of the 7-8 complex, the short run down to the next hairpin, turn number nine. He goes to the inside there, takes a spot in turn nine, runs the defensive line into the 10-11-12 complex, just able to win at the line. Side-by-side finish. Uh, Garcia with the win. Uh, Costa, rather, uh, Garcia with the win. Um, Where am I at? Who were Cameron Brinkman? That's it. So Costa and Garcia pull away at, at the end, side by side of the line. Cameron Brinkman, though, another Merlin driver, up and in the fight, which I thought was tremendous. Austin Jurors, of course, was uh, in there on in the opening weekend, but but the Merlin guys just seem to get things done. David, they got that that that, uh, and you see it all the time when you uh, other races. That Merlin uh, chassis, the mini chassis, is a really good piece. It has been for probably what a decade now. It yeah. just uh, little little tweaks here and there that uh, Jamie Siraki does with uh, with the Merlin factory uh, each year to just uh, just you know certain things that they, that they see throughout the season, depending on the tire compounds and everything like that. Uh, yeah, again, Jers was was the uh, the top Merlin last last month. Now this month it it's Brinkman again. It just. Yeah. Just that work ethic that uh, Franklin Motorsports puts down on on getting back, getting getting out there and being quick. Yeah, and good racecraft for Brinkman too to be able to get himself into that P three position. And I congratulated him on the podium because he did a tremendous job to see him first podium uh, for Brinkman in the Winter Series. Salim Han on the Tony Kart ends up in the four spot, and Sebastian Weldon uh, rounds out the top five. Now. It's a very similar kind of story on Sunday, except we throw another kind of driver into the mix to a certain extent. Uh, Oscar Iliff ends up qualifying on the pole position. And what I thought was interesting was both Iliffs on pole uh, on Sunday. Oscar Iliff to- on the Tony card on pole in, in mini and his brother Jack Iliff on pole in micro. Well, that was pretty cool for the Iliff family. Uh, in the prefinal, Garcia uh, goes to the prefinal win. 
In the final, what was interesting was Caleb Gaffera kind of kind of jumped into the, the play. He was he didn't really have the pace on Saturday. He was outside the top ten, then fought his way inside the top ten at the end. But Gaffera on the PSL carding Burrell Art more in the fight on Sunday. As they got rolling, Garcia and Costa and Gaffera were all together. Gar- Gaffera kind of dropped off a little bit. Garcia and Costa again pushing away. We're able to get a, you know a couple of seconds lead on Gaffera. He had I think three seconds back to those behind him, so he was all by himself. No man's land for Gaffera. But I kept saying on the mic that Caleb had to stay strong because the minute they started fighting, he'd be back. And what what happens, right? Last couple of laps, Garcia and Costa start scrapping. Gaffera closes right up. Not close enough in turn number nine. He needed to be – if he was 1.5 back, he would have been fine. They go back and forth. Um, Garcia ends up going to the lead. He blocks again to turn – you know, does the defensive line into 10, which is the left-hander, which means he – pushes wide on turn into turn number 11, can't get back across with enough speed. They come across the line that we have the photo, David, on, I think on our, on our race report, Gaffera, he was two seconds back. He ends up, they all end up within the same 10th of a second coming across the line. Uh, 0.099 across the line. Garcia gets the win again in the championship, cost a second and Gaffera third. It was thrilling. That's what this track does. It's that last lap deal. The minute you go on the defensive, everybody gets invited to the party. Yeah, a very exciting finish. And again, though, not so much uh, any kind of significance towards the championship uh, with Garcia uh, with yeah. earning two two victories over the four rounds, three podiums in total, uh, securing the, uh, the, the series, series championship over uh, Miguel Costa with Austin Jers actually ending up finishing third. Uh, tied with Sebastian Weldon. Uh, Matias Arjuela ended up fourth on Sunday in the Mini Swift class and Parker DeLong rounding out the Fast Five. Uh, let's move to Micro Swift now. And it, it, it was interesting because this, we had a driver kind of step up here uh, this year in the Winter Series. And I'm going to be really interested to see how he maintains this pace throughout the season. I'm talking about Oliver Weldon. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Jack Iliff on the pole, as I said, following uh, his brother following in his footsteps as Micro was first on track. I thought actually he was fast all weekend. It wasn't a one-off for him. He ends up winning uh, the pre-final on Saturday as well. Uh, at the start of the main, though, James Moss, the Texas driver for Iron Rock Motorsports, jumps into the lead. He paces the first six laps. Iliff then takes the spot, another one of the uh, Iron Rock Motorsports drivers. At that point, Oliver Weldon and um, Augustus Toniolo were running in uh, second and third. They were able to go to P2 uh, and 3 behind Iliff. couple laps to go. Weldon makes the move, uh, and then Tony Yellow comes in as, as well with them. So those guys are kind of going at it a little bit. Um, the cool factor is that Augustus Tony Yellow goes to the lead, and finally with two to go, that's when Weldon goes back by. Final laps are absolutely crazy. You know, the drivers left, right, inside, outside. Another super close finish at the line, and uh, and Weldon ends up getting the victory, which I thought was was strong for him. Again, Dave backing up that win on Saturday uh, on Sunday. In, uh, in January, you know, to be able to come back and do it again, that's when the confidence starts coming for sure. Without a doubt, uh, victories back to back certainly helps boost uh, that confidence. And and again, at that young age, you know, uh, once you feel more confident and he, <laughs> the sky's the limit. And Kai, jo- Kai Johnson actually got in there. I, be- I believe there might have been a penalty for Tony yeah. Olo on that point. I think he dropped a couple spots, right? 
I think Tony Olo crossed the line in second. I think he got a penalty. Was it a tram line penalty? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Hold on. Okay, well, uh, because, uh, it's a jump start penalty, three second penalty. So, yeah, that dropped him down to fourth. That moved Johnson up to second and Iliff to uh, to the third spot. But Tony only got a uh, quick lap of the race. Yeah, on CRG too, which was impressive. He did a, he did a good job there, and again he was he was in the fight all weekend long. It was him and Weldon really the the guys that were battling in each of the mains. Jackson Pearsall rounded out the top five uh, on Sunday. I left come back again, qualifies on the pole position. Super impressive. Actually, it was Sunday when he and his brother were both were on pole, mm-hmm. but I left was on pole both days. Uh, Weldon ends up winning the pre final, but into the into the main event, and this is we we, we see it in many. And we see it in micro. Tony Olo jumps out to the early lead. And Weldon David just sat second, at, totally patient the entire time. It's a 20-lap race for the, for the micros. And he just waited there. And they just pulled away. And it was, I'm, I'm just I'm biding my time. When's it going to happen? When's this pass going to come? And, and finally, Weldon just showed the patience. So you don't, I think we, I expect to see more of the patience in many. You lose some of that in junior because drivers start getting a little more anxious to lead. And maybe the micro drivers are a little bit too young, but man, Weldon just showed a ton of patience, sat in his position, pushed Tony Olo, just super comfortable. And then the final lap, I wasn't sure if it was going to happen or not. They come out of the inner loop. And then the minute they came through, turn that turn seven, eight complex, Weldon, boom, straight through seven, right to the apex of turn number eight, a decisive move, pushed it wide at the exit. Tony Olo really had nowhere to go. And there was a, he held him on the outside enough that he really didn't even have to run the inside line uh, coming down into turn number nine. He did run a bit of a defensive line to hold him off, but otherwise brought it home as the race winner. And uh, <laughs> I think I told you this before, if you listen online, I've been announcing Oliver Askew for <laughs> however many years, <laughs> tens plus years, right? Through his karting career, through USF 2000, uh, Indy Pro 2000, of course, uh, a little bit of tough time in the booth for Indy Lights, a lot, of pit, uh, a lot of pit road stuff for him. As he comes across the line, the winner today in Microsoft, Oliver L. Weldon. <laughs> so I'll, I'll call myself out on that. But as I mentioned afterwards, I got another another Oliver to call in, uh, in, in karting because, of course, Weldon only in micro. So I could be doing this for the next, uh, what, five or six years as he works his way up the ranks. Oliver Weldon did a tremendous job, David. And it was it was a textbook, jump into second early, you know you're faster, wait for the last lap, make the pass, take the win. Text, textbook victory. You know, just like the drivers and teams and mechanics, are, they're using the winter series to get uh, acclimated to uh, the new season. Uh, announcers have to do that too. So I, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll allow it because again, as you said, it's been Oliver Askew, Oliver Askew uh, over the last decade, essentially. It is. And, it and so now, now you'll, you might have a, a couple interviews with him this year, uh, on the NTT IndyCar, uh, pit lane once in a while, but, uh, yeah. yes, yeah, so you're going to have to get used to calling Oliver Weldon and, and Sebastian Weldon because, uh, yeah. two, uh, two drivers that had a very impressive weekend again, home track. So it kind of helps, uh, build that confidence. And so we'll see, uh, how they can keep that momentum going into uh, the 2020 season. Agreed. Uh, one of the obviously really positive additions to the program this year, the Scusa Winter Series, was the Margay Ignite uh, crew. They had 35 drivers in total. And uh, one of the stories we talked about was the father-son battle between James Perkins and, and his son, Jed Perkins. Uh, James scored a win uh, uh, on the January weekend. Jed had a good run, was top five, I think, both both races. 
man, David, he came out of the box in this particular configuration going clockwise like a bear. Uh, Out-qualified everybody by seven-tenths of a second, which is unheard of in the category. He ends up winning the pre-final as well. Uh, Evan Stammer actually tried to make a move in the opening lap of the pre-final in 7-8, and, eight, and uh, his foot slipped off the brake. And by the time he got back onto it, he couldn't get the thing, you know, stab the brake to slow down and spun around in turn number eight. He was able to climb back to sixth. Perkins, though, dominated the main event. Strictly got to the lead and absolutely walked away. A dominating day for Jed Perkins. Huge in terms of the championship implications as he put himself into the into the contention there. Uh, Evan Stammer battled with Alexander Searle all race long. Stammer ends up finishing second. Searle in third. Uh, James Perkins, the dad, ends up finishing in fourth. His son uh, getting the win and Daniel Costa in fifth. And I'll tell you this. I got a text from James uh, while we were wrapping things up, you know, text done. And and James said, he goes, I want to start a tradition every time Jed wins a race that you're announcing. I want to bring you a Bloody Mary or something, a cocktail to, to the, uh, to the uh, podium presentation. I agreed. And it was one of the better Bloody Marys I've had in a while. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Drinks, so cheer- drinks definitely cheer- go, go for, go a long way with the, uh, the, the announcer. I feel bad, but I'll be cheering for Jed to win more races now. <laughs> right um I, I let's, let's yeah right let's so let's look at the main event uh the, the sunday event because more drivers stepped to the forefront here zach skolnick as we know uh unbelievably quick and he was fast all weekend long had some trouble i believe in the pre-final on saturday uh but on sunday qualifies on the pole position stammer ends up uh ends up ends up winning the pre-final because perkins actually won the pre-final but he got a pushback bumper penalty which dropped him down uh, we, we go main event racing. It's essentially Stammer and Perkins and Skolnick. Skolnick actually worked his way through and led for a time, uh, but then Stammer and Perkins end up getting by. Uh, by. Skolnick, I believe, finishing third on the racetrack, but he got a pushback uh, bumper penalty as well. Stammer and Perkins working together, and, and Perkins pushed him hard. Uh, I, I didn't ask Jed whether he had the championship in his, in his mind. Hey, if I finish second, I'm fine. I don't want to roll the dice here. Uh, but the bottom line was uh, Evan Stammer getting a big win. He was pretty pumped uh, in tech, having having got that victory, really wanted the win. Uh, he ends up with the victory. Perkins in second, ends up winning the championship, 17 years of age. What a great story to have him and his dad, James, actually racing. And I said it on the podium, David, after Jed, Jed wins. I don't think a father and son have ever won in the same category in the same Supercarts USA series. I don't know if it's ever happened ever in Scusa that a father and a son have have, have won on this in the same year, in not, the same class. Yeah, not not in the same class. I think we, yeah. you know, the the, the Lane father son duo might have had like maybe some podium finishes together, uh, but not in the same class in in, yeah. in S four or in S one. But uh, yeah, not in the same class. That's not for sure. That's I mean, where else would you see that? Other well, than ignite, really? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you're not because yeah, you're, you're not going to see a, a father and son race in shifter. Very, you know, it's just probably not going to happen in the same category. I'm thinking you probably if you go back to um, the Dunfords as well, California Pro Kart Challenge earlier early years of the Dunfords, right? Uh, Brad Dunford and, and his dad. Dad ran S4. I think Brad was running S3 or something like that, or S1 at one point. They made, but they wouldn't have won the same the same in the same class. So that's that's, that's cool. The Perkins both getting wins on the Winter Series in Ignite Senior. I thought that that's tremendous. And 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 if I w- I should have put this bet down early and before the season series started, <laughs> four different winners in this category. That was that was a given. You knew it was going to happen. There wasn't going to be one person that was going to dominate uh, throughout the four rounds of races because again, the championship was decided by only 
30 points with Perkins beating Stommer uh, after everything was tabulated. So yeah. again, it's just, you know, that's the great thing about Ignite. You can have a father-son racing. You could be racing against IndyCar and IMSA drivers. You could be <laughs> you could be a, a first-time racer and come out and land on the podium. You never know. It's just, it, that's a great thing about Ignite. I agree with you. So the winners, James Perkins, Jed Perkins, Gabby Chavez, and Evan Stommer, all winning in the Ignite Senior Class. All right, let's cap off our race report here with uh, Ignite Masters, David. Uh, Dan Breitenstein came out of the gates uh, in January and showed how, how the speed he had at that racetrack. Uh, came in as a point leader uh, into the February rounds. He qualifies on pole on Saturday. Uh, but a lot of penalties actually rolling out here for for uh, pushbacks, for start lines, for commitment cones. Uh, at the start of the pre-final, Dan Breitenstein, I think, laid off the grid, I'm assuming. Uh, wasn't able to get back to his spot. His, his grid position, uh, which would have been pole, by the time they got to the commitment cone, he jumped. He, he went to the pole anyways, ends up winning the pre-final, but because he didn't get in the spot early enough, he gets a 10-second penalty. That drops him down. Matt Kreischel ends up getting the win. Kreischel starts on the pole position of the main event, wins the r- race, and I didn't see it because, David, where I'm looking, I can't see the start because everybody stands in front of the window. All, I, I only see them when they start coming across the line. I guess Matt wasn't in, his, wasn't in his staging lane at all. I guess he came right into the middle of the staging lanes, and and what like so he was in the middle of the two staging lanes. So probably the first time he's had to use the tram lines. It's a five second penalty, and I want to say that he had a lead of about four and a half seconds. It wasn't enough to hold it off. You know, it wasn't enough to to to, to beat the penalty, and it moves Tim Han into the race win. So Hannon gets the win, Kreitchel second, Phil Pignatero getting the, his feet under him, finishes third, Breitenstein able to uh, come back to fourth, and James Newbold rounds out the top five. Yeah, Kreitchel wasn't at the January event, so this was yeah. his first time there. And most of the time, you're not thinking about that when you, you know, if you're not on pole, you don't think about that. And so I'm sure, you know, in in the pre-final, he just, you know, decided, oh, I'm, just, I'm going to follow well, the guy in front, in front of me you. until the green flag <laughs> waves. And and when he goes out for the for the main event, he's on the pole position, doesn't realize I need to be in a certain position or a certain lane because, again, it's it's very deceiving because there's essentially like five different lanes depending on how close the lines are. And, and yeah, so it's that's that's the one thing that's always stuck with me with uh, I think it was John Crow who used to talk about that because remember, they used to have like a certain mile per hour sign. Yeah. And so yep. you would be looking at the mile per hour sign looking at the lanes, making sure you're staying in your lane, watching the off-pole guy, and then watching the flagman. So there's four different things as a pole sitter to watch now in this this ridiculous way that we start races <laughs> now, do. where I it know. should just be the pole sitter sets the pace, you go when the green flag waves. It's not exactly. hard. Exactly. Yeah, pole sitter sets the pace, and you, let yeah. the, you let the flagman throw the green well, flag. Well, because now you have the punch-off cone. So that's five things. So as a pole sitter, there's five different things now you're looking at. Well, you there's no more there's no more speed limit thing. So now it's, it's now it's still only four, but still I gu- I guarantee if you come in, you know, eighty mile per hour in a, in a Briggs, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna penalize. They might you. change it. That's right. <laughs> okay, Sunday, no issues at the start. In fact, no issues at all in terms of the the, the race winner. Phil Pignatero finished third on Saturday, dominates the day on Sunday, qualifies on pole, wins the pre final, and Piggy. Uh, going to the big win in the main event was super, super strong. Um, Dan Breitenstein got collected in a, in a pre-final incident, had to start at the back of the pack. Tim Hannon essentially runs second. 
Four straight podiums for Tim. I think he ends up second in the points. Really good performance in Florida for Tim in both January and February. Breitenstein drives his way back up from the tail of the grid, ends up finishing in the third spot, but he gets another pushback bumper penalty. He drops down to sixth. He uses Sunday as the drop. He wins the championship. And as I said, Tim Hannon podium in all four races ends up P2. Yeah, one of the more impressive things about uh, Pignatero, three-tenths of a second quicker in Sunday's final than he was in yeah. Saturday. Yeah, really got a, got a good feel for the chassis and for the track and and laid it out. I will give props to James Newbold on the podium in third in the Masters category. Good for James. Brandon Moore, who raced senior in January, for some reason, I'm not sure why he didn't run on Saturday, came back on Sunday, ended up finishing in fourth. And Chris Rock, in that cart that Santino Ferrucci ran uh, in January, finishing P5. Uh, overall, the, the Ignite guys put on a great show, David. And you know what's like when you're at one of these Scusa events, right? It's nothing but two-cycle, two-cycle. And then when the Briggs comes out, for you know, obviously not at a regular Scusa race, you just get that big thunders that come down the straightaway. So it's a four-cycle thunder and a two-cycle hum. So it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. All right, folks, one more break in the action. When we come back, I'll wrap things up. Then David and I will look at the EKN Trackside Live Race calendar for the next month. As a world leader in personal racing safety products with a sales and service staff and dealer network unmatched in motorsports, Simpson Performance Products is now the official North American distributor for Stilo helmets. In addition to their wildly popular auto racing helmets, Stilo is extremely excited to have made their move into the karting community with a pair of stellar options. Stilo has two helmets designed and manufactured specifically for karting. The Stilo ST5 CMR 2016 for kids and the Stilo ST5 Kart Snell K 2015 adult karting helmet. The company's karting helmets are directly derived from Stilo's auto racing helmets that are so popular at the top levels of racing. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels as well as Stilo's lightweight construction and unparalleled field of vision, a crucial attribute for karting. For more information on Stilo, check them out at simpsonperformanceproducts.com slash Stilo or by following them on social media at Stilo USA. You've heard and read about us. We are the Rawlson Performance Group. We race to win. Our senior program is the best in the sport, and we have the Scusa Pro Tour X30 Senior Championship to prove it. Our coaching staff includes four-time Scusa National Champion Ryan Norbert, three-time Scusa Supernats winner Bonner Moulton, Scusa Pro Tour X30 Junior Champion, 2015 Rotax Grand Finals Vice Champion, and Junior Development Specialist Luke Selkin, and our hands-on owner, multi-time champion, and IKF Duffy winner, Mike Rollison. This isn't sideline coaching. We're on track, and we dogfight with you. It's like nothing you've ever experienced. You learn more and more with every single lap. Our seniors win races, like Hannah Greenmeyer at the Scusa Winter Series opener in Florida. And they win because they've been trained, coached, and honed by our RPG staff. Hurricane Hannah is proof positive. If you're a mini driver ready to move up or a junior driver who's done with running mid-pack, join the team that will develop your skills and take you to the podium. At the Rawlson Performance Group, we turn juniors into pros. In 2020, we'll be racing at the Scusa Winter Series, Pro Tour and California Pro Kart Challenge, the Florida Winter Tour, and the United States Pro Kart Series, 
as well as the IKF Northwest region. If you want to fight for championships or want to improve your skills and your chances to win, the answer is to call RPG at 503-260-4514. We're the Rawlson Performance Group. We race to win. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, Rack, wrapping up what was a long debrief that happens when we do these Scuzo events because there's so many categories uh, to go through. Let's wrap things up, David. I'll say this, some of the, some of my notes, just truly great racing all weekend. As the guy on the, on the mic, the, the, the battles throughout the race, I would even go back into some of the fights for you know 15th or 20th because they were just, I don't care where you were on the racetrack, these guys, the guys and girls were battling it out, which was tremendous. Um, for me, I think huge wins. For Arius Dukmejian in X30 Senior and a big win for Olin Galli in CRG as well in that category. Four different winners, David, on the season, but I think big wins for Dukmejian and for Galli for CRG to put themselves back on top. Oh, big wins for all four winners in that category, with last month being Patrick Woods Toth and, and Hannah Greenemeyer. So all four of those drivers getting great victories to start off the season. Uh Andrea Kimi Antonelli, complete domination of the junior categories. Eight races, eight wins. Um, obviously, this is the guy that, I think that we're going to be watching. This, this guy is going to be, right now, obviously, one of the top, if not the top junior driver in the, in the world. He's now turned to senior. So I think we've probably seen him done at the junior level. So I look forward. As I said, I, I went over and talked to him afterwards. And I said, listen, congratulations on the year. I look forward to seeing what you're able to do this year in WSK and FIA CIK competition. I think, David, he's one we want to watch. And I really hope that we potentially see him back uh, at the Super Nationals this year in the X30 Senior Class. I think that'd be fun to watch. It'll be fun to watch. Uh, Cart Republic actually, with uh, his four wins on the uh, on the weekend, leading the way on uh, on the uh, victory tally uh, with seven total. Uh, Tony Cart earning five, Cosmic earning four, uh, iCart two, CRG one, and Croc Promotion one. So uh, a big weekend for Cart Republic. Yeah, speaking of uh, the iCart, uh, impressive runs from from Musgrave working with with Chris Loba. I thought that was an interesting storyline, of course. Uh, and kudos to Devin Smith Harden for taking his game to the next level in there, battling with uh, Musgrave and Formal. That was awesome. Uh, Nate Cicero, talk about bursting onto the national scene, David, uh, in the K100 program. I'm really interested to see where he where he decides to run. Are we going to see him on the Scusa Pro Tour? Uh, we're going to see him at the USPKS, right? He's running with Rollison Performance Group. RPG's doing USPKS this year. Is that where we're going to see Cicero? I don't know. I don't know, but he's probably going to be the one of many names that uh, are going to be bursting on the scene with the KA100 category because I think we're going to see, as we talked about already, already Connor Ferris and some other new names that are going to be popping up uh, towards the front of the yeah. field. And it's going to be really hard when you're looking at the Pro Tour. I think it's going to be a really hard challenge for Austin Osborne to defend that title. It's going to be a great fight all season long. I agree with you. I think the K100 senior class in the Scusa Pro Tour is going to be one of the best ones to watch. Uh, last but not least, let's uh, give one more shout out to the Margate Ignite program. They came down, they brought the atmosphere, they brought the camaraderie, they just brought the, the level of fun. That's the focus of this program. Get out, have some fun racing. It was epic. It was hardcore racing, but those drivers coming off high five and, and smiling and, and all the way through the field. So, uh, a great debut to the Winter Series. Strong numbers, great racing. And as David, you said at the start of the broadcast, got to expect that they're going to be back in 20, uh, 2021. 
I would think so. And I think they need to use more beach footage because that, you know, that alone will get people out of the cold and down to uh, the uh, the warm uh, weather of Florida and Miami. I mean, come on, Miami two twice in, in the just to begin the year. So once in January, once in February, just to get that uh, that racing itch uh, cured a little bit until the summer months come along. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, that would be. Could you imagine fifty Ignite carts uh, racing there next year? It would be just amazing. And it will not surprise me if we get that many. I think it's a definite possibility. All right, folks, let's cap things off here with a look at the EKN Trackside Live Race Calendar today, presented by the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the state-of-the-art Speed Sports Racing Park just north of Houston. The Allen Rudolph Racing Academy offers custom coaching programs for newcomers and experienced racers alike. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-7223. All right, David, we got a couple more events coming up here. Let's just do two of them here. Essentially, uh, what the, the day is today? Today is Thursday the 13th. We are a week away from getting on the plane to head to Cal Speed Karting. We're going to fly out to Ontario International Airport, uh, Ontario, California, for the next rounds of the Challenge of the Americas. No LAX, straight to Ontario. No dealing with LA traffic. No. I mean, I mean, shuttle from the from the uh, the airport to the hotel and then walk down to In-N-Out Burger. I mean, what more do I want? <laughs> uh, after that, about three weeks later, two and a half weeks later, uh, David will be at the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Winter Nationals, the opening round of the 11th running of the Scusa Pro Tour, NOLA Motorsports Park in New, or- uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. Again, March 13th, 14th, 15th, of course, all live on the EKN Radio Network. Uh, sadly, the first Pro Tour race that I will miss, uh, as I need to be in St. Petersburg for the Road to Indy and the IndyCar opening rounds, Xander Clemens will be on the mic with David. Uh, but uh, DC Nola, tremendous racetrack, uh, and it's it's it'll be interesting because I want to go back two years later. Scusa's got the marshalling the video marshalling uh, video marshalling system really dialed in. Man, they got that thing handled. The pushback bumpers changed the the mindset of the drivers. I have a feeling when you guys go back there, you're going to see way better racing, and of course, a different approach to turn one than we saw when we were there last. I, I think there were still great racing back when we were there, but yeah, as you said, it's going to eliminate the uh, the bonehead moves and and idiotic driving that we saw, and 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 that's the thing. Nola is a completely different monster than what uh, Homestead is, so we're going to be able to see how drivers can uh, can keep that momentum going to to what is a super track uh, with Nola Motorsports Park, like what 30 different turns on the track yeah, so uh but more importantly cole and clements on bourbon street baby come on well and what about uh ha- I don't, what's what what is what's that i don't know what, what, me don't and xander that one. me and xander oh going to bourbon cool. street baby come on hashtag <laughs> cole and clements oh my god you guys you'll be in jail uh hashtag burger tour 2020 Ooh. don't forget to miss company burger company burger in New Orleans, one of the best hamburgers in the country, if not the best. I am going to enjoy here. that. That that was a great that that triggered our burger tour. 
essentially. It did. It, I mean, it did, when we right. were there in New Orleans, we were like, you know what? Let's find a good burger place to go to. And we found that. And it was like, let's just let's get our burger on throughout the year. So, uh, And it is it is nationally touted with a lot of websites as being uh, the best burger in the country, if not one of the best. It's always in the top five. So. Yeah. So check look, it out. Looking, burger. Definitely looking forward to going there again. And yeah, you can go like to, I said, you can go to you can go to hell. <laughs> and like like I said, I think the racing is going to be amazing. We're going to see the uh, the addition of KZ to the, the uh, shipper yeah. category, so that's going to be probably the number one headline going into the weekend. But uh, and then also Norber going for five, uh, so that he begins his drive for five uh, drive for on five. that weekend. I love it. We'll use that hashtag drive for five. All right, and, and shout out to to, to uh, Team Cooper Tire, the sponsor of our Ecan Trackside Live Tour again. Uh, folks, if you have a, a passenger car, a truck, your hauler for your race cart, there's only one tire company that actually supports karting, and that's Cooper Tires. So make sure you pick Cooper Tires when you're getting new rubber for your vehicles. And remember, folks, that, they what? have uh, they have different brands too. So not just the Cooper Tire brand, but other brands that they have because I just put them on my car. <laughs> there you go. David hooked it up. Folks, thank you so much for joining us here on the EKN Debrief as uh, David and I uh, look back at the Supercarts USA Winter Series finale from Homestead. We're done here. Lots more to come on the EKN Radio Network. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. 